We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yo, yo, yo. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Hope you guys had a great weekend. Left is in the building. The original Lucky Lefty himself, Malik Zaire. I am Sean Davis. We are brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. It is that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you're going to drink, by all means, make sure that you do. Responsibly. got to drink responsibly. A lot to get to today, Left. Tons yeah. to get to. Has some recruiting updates, right? Decommitments to get to. Decommitments. What's going on with that? What's going on with the decommitments? Marcus Freeman held his bowl game State of the Union press conference, I guess you could call it, over the weekend. And he has some very interesting things to say. Uh, I think he set the record straight. I think the media – you know, asked questions and then snuck around the corner and, and tried to figure out creative ways to ask the same question a different way. And I think Marcus Freeman was steadfast in establishing, you know, what is going to happen at Notre Dame under his helm and with this staff moving forward, the gold standard, as he calls it. So we'll talk about that as well. Uh, he has some interesting comments on the transfer portal, and his conversation with Drew Pine. You know, we'll get to that. And you know how we are. We spend a difference. So if you're sensitive, you might might not want to hear a couple of jokes we throw in there about <laughs> and the conversation you had. But as always, left. How was your weekend, bro? It was good, man. Just got to. Uh, it wasn't too much football going on other than the FCS games. I thought there was some good action in there, but other than that, man, another weekend uh, getting closer to Christmas. The in the All American game for. Uh, the Army is this week, so high school All-American game. So there's some stuff going on towards the end of the year. Yeah, high school All-American games coming up. There are practices this week. Uh, I know our guy John Garcia will be down there. We'll hear from him during the week. Uh, LeVon Whitaker, um, the ABC affiliate down in South Bend, he's going to join us this week to talk Notre Dame and talk about his, view, his viewpoint of the practices and what's going on. Marcus Freeman did say there will be no more defections from the w- roster. So the roster is what it is going into the Gator Bowl. 
he gave everyone in the program last week to make their decision whether or not they're going to enter the portal or declare for the draft. And so we saw Jaden Bellamy make that move. We saw Michael Mayer and Isaiah Foskey make that move. So the roster is set going into the Gator Bowl, minus Cam Hart, who probably won't be back until spring practice. Maybe. Due to injury. Even if he's back for spring practice, I don't expect him to really be too active, maybe right. other than running through drills and things like that at this point. So – Let's let's start off with this. Don't forget Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all of our great content, CFB Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know we spin it differently. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Left, let's start here. Saturday night, the award of all awards for college football was handed out, and it went to someone that I would say kind of capped off the Heisman against the Fighting Irish, if you ask me. With of course. His against Notre Dame. Heisman USC. goes to us, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. USC's quarterback, Caleb Williams. And 
this is the question. I was sitting there, you know, very nice production. They sit down with all four guys. They sit down with some of the former um, Heisman winners, you know, the 25th anniversary, I believe, of Johnny, no, the 50th anniversary of Johnny Rogers winning his Heisman. It was just fantastic. And to sit there and meet all four of these guys and their families and their stories, I said to myself, this is truly four different ways to play quarterback, four different styles of quarterback, and three of the four are in the college football playoff. What type of quarterback does Notre Dame need? See, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at C.J. Stroud. He's the stowing pocket passer, right? He can move a little bit, but he's not really about to beat you with his feet. Then you have Caleb Williams. He's just a magician, man, right? He might not be the best in-pocket break-you-down passer of the bunch, but he just finds a way to make plays, right, and shows that he can carry a team. Then you have Max Max Dugan. So this kid and what he's gone through personally and what he's overcome, his toughness, his resiliency, his leadership, the effort he gave late in the game against Kansas State in the Big 12 championship game. I mean, yo, (laughs) he's just a tough son of a gun, man. And he might not be the best passer. He might not be the fastest. But the kid competes and he just finds a way to win. Then you have Stetson Bennett. Dude, counted out, underdog, undersized, but no one has been able to, man, flourish in that Georgia offense as well as him. Like they've had some pretty good quarterbacks come through there. Yeah. And he's the quarterback. Justin Fields was there. They're not. Justin Fields not. Justin Fields was shot. I think uh, Fromm was decent. I think Fromm basically cost them the 2017 championship, in my opinion. Once things got tight, he wasn't able to make the throws that were needed. So – that's the question. Like four different styles of quarterbacks, and with Notre Dame looking in the transfer portal, and so many different types of guys. Let me point this out. I, I said this. It's funny because I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he finished seventh in the Heisman voting. Remember last year, we were talking transfer portal, and Michael Penix Jr. jumped into the portal, and we discussed them on this show. And so many people were like, nah, nah, nah. And all Michael Penix Jr. did is go to Washington to lead the nation in passing yards, bro. That's all he did. And it's amazing how people can, because, you know, you get the same, he's turnover prone, he's this, he's that. The same stuff people said about Spencer Sanders when you were breaking him down and breaking Hudson Card down, right, along with Jeff Sims. Like, you never know who can pop where. You just never know. Right? Michael Penix Jr. popped at Indiana. Then he got injured. He goes out to Washington, came to the board, 
he pops again, right? Uh, you can have transfers. JT Daniels never popped. Five yeah. star, elite Keith, eleven. It's never popped. Keaton Slovis never popped. Never find a spot. So it's just interesting with this portal, man. It just just looking at the Heisman and the four guys that were sitting there. It's like, man, what does Notre Dame really need at this position? Like, take away names. You know what you've seen, like. What type of quarterback do they need? Do they need the tough guy that's just resilient? Do they need a veteran guy that's just played a lot of football that's just going to be able to not make the key mistakes and allow the talent around him to carry the carry the load with the offensive line and the running backs? Do they need the stoic passer in the pocket that can just break defenses down? really can't get off schedule and make plays, or do they need the magician that can go ahead and just do everything? We're going to see a lot from Tom Reese and Marcus Freeman and this choice that they're going to make in a transfer portal. But how, how do you see it? Like if you just had a type based upon the four guys that were in New York, well, which one would you choose? Like forget the names. Forget the names, just the type. Which one would you choose to fit at Notre Dame? We definitely need the type that can stretch the field. I think it would be another addition to the offense that we're lacking. Overall, I think the offense is pretty much built uh, key on the, the quarterback being at his best. And by the, the, the bare minimum, we've been able to squeeze 20-plus wins with two guys that at a talent level, we can do better than. They're probably like two and three star at the uh, athletic talent level, but just to even have a four or five star athletic ability uh, like a Brandon Hillman, I think it would add so much more to an offense that likes to run the football and then to have the arm to be able to stretch it down the field when you need to uh, it's becoming more and more rare to find a deep ball guy like how we had. It was me, Ev, you know, Deshaun could throw it deep a little bit. I mean, but after that, you know, Brandon here and there, but throwing the deep wasn't uh, – it was underappreciated because that was what uh, – it was a more of an X factor that we had on these teams, 14, 12 – uh, 15, 16, the fact that we could throw it deep and be able to score in two and one play uh, possessions really, uh, in my opinion, made the offense the the best it has been or it has looked uh, outside of, you know, just imagine what a deep threat with a Michael Mayer would look like with a team that likes to run the football. So you're just talking about a, a, another element so to have a guy to be able to stretch the field in that way and to be able to make off-schedule plays at the times that we needed most, you know, and those uh, two or three times during the game, you get the, the, the magic comes out. We haven't had a guy with enough of that uh, to be able to pull us out in some, in some tough games where coaching is at a standstill. And I think having that leadership ability by being able to do that 
I think he can really take us over the top. So the the type that can stretch it, the type that can make the plays late in the game uh, from a magician standpoint, but then being able to have that leadership to to not get bored uh, with the success either. So that's a another rare quality. He doesn't have to quite have to have the story of a, a Dugan or anything, but he's got to be an even kill guy to be able to get us over the hump in November and December. So how many of the types out of the four? No, I don't want to ask it that way because I don't want to be – I don't want to go into an exclusion. Rank them one to four, the types, right, that you will want, one to four. Let's say all four can win at Notre Dame. Give me the least type that you will want right now. I think a Dugan, just because we, we've seen uh, – we don't need – the passing dynamic to be limited. You know, we need that to be one of the best qualities, I think, for where this offense needs to go, especially with receivers that we're getting in who are going to need the football, you know, down the field. Yeah. I can see that. And then right above him, I think you would be probably Stetson Bennett. Yeah, I saw somebody in the chat say we had our Stetson Bennett. I hope he's not referring to Drew Pine. Because Drew Pine was not. But I'm assuming you would put him third. Yeah, I would. I mean, heck, as much as he's played and as old as he is. <laughs> yeah, I would really prefer an older guy. I think that's really yeah. the, the secret sauce is to have an older guy or either have uh, Caleb Williams, which is you know, more rare in my opinion. I think you can do more having uh, an older guy like all the rest of those guys are. I think CJ is more of a a seasoned vet uh, with a lot of talent, yeah, uh, but also on a really good team. So um, that's always the tricky part about Ohio State quarterbacks. Uh, You know, from a talent perspective, Dugan and, and Stetson, I don't think our NFL five-year, ten-year vet uh, talent level. So I would really lay amongst the Hendon Hooker, Caleb Williams, you know, Trevor Lawrence kind of archetype uh, because those all three have the talent to last in the NFL. I think when you're considering a guy that Notre Dame needs, we need an NFL quarterback. (laughs) Seriously, uh, but with the just say that right, we just need yeah. an NFL quarterback. Well, yeah, a quarterback that has the the ability to have a career in the NFL, not the the gimmicks of a Max, a Dugan, a guy that is having a hot year, but probably won't if he came back, wouldn't have the same year next year. Or uh, there's a lot of pieces that make Stetson been been it great. I don't think we're there with recruiting either. So, you know, I wouldn't want that. Caleb Williams can bring a program up, but us with a Caleb Williams will win a national championship for sure because we have a defense. Um, on top of the fact that I think the ability he has as an individual would radiate with and activate the other parts of our offense that, you know, that's dying to be activated. 
which could, you know, easily make us a uh, a top scoring offense in the country day one. I mean, it made USC a top uh, top scoring offense in one season. So um, I think there's a lot of potential there with that. I think CJ Stroud will fit great in our offense, even though I would uh, want a little bit more from a, a running ability just because, uh, you know, the most athletic guy usually uh, yeah. gets to the championship pretty easily. Yeah, I think for me, I would take a Caleb type one, a Stetson Bennett type two, and then, you know, it'll be a coin flip for the three and four. And from the look, left, I got a chance to watch, really watch some NFL yesterday. And the fact that Jamison Williams, his first game, goes off. Chris Olave has been balling for New Orleans. And Garrett Wilson has been killing it for the Jets. C.J. Stroud has had a ton of talent, bro. Like, it's, it's hard for me to really judge C.J. Stroud. Like, what? Like you got Marvin's ahead of him. He's got a top receiver now. Yes. It's like, are you really an elevator at the quarterback position? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know, right? It's the same thing, the same question that was that's being asked of Justin Fields. Like, dude, you have wide receivers. Like, we don't know who you really are. So that's – I will say this. Whomever they choose, whatever they, whomever they were at their previous destination, I expect them to be an improved product at Notre Dame. I will say that. Like, you can go down the line. You, you'll see a better version of Spencer Sanders. You'll see a better version of Jess Sims. You'll see a better version of Tyler Van Dyke. You will see a better version of Drake May. You, you just go down the line. Whatever they did at the previous stop, I truly believe you will see an improved version. Yeah, no, like we had, hey, we had take, no, I was about to say Graham Mertz, but I stopped myself. No, 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 no. <laughs> you can't do nothing with him. But we, we really had the battery pack to any – or what do you call it? The uh, one of the things the uh, I can't even think of it. The life pack, the 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 stat pack, the 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 jump start, the jumper cables to anybody's uh, career in college football at that QB position yeah. with enough talent. I mean, we're taking guys literally that were on the bench. Yeah, twice. Too many times for a Notre Dame team has been this good to go in there with that type of quarterback. One, because of injury, and two, because <clears throat> I don't know, we was experimenting with the transfer portal or something. Right. But now is the time to really uh, put the foot on the gas. And I think Marcus Freeman knows this position needs more. And I think he's working in, in, in tandem with uh, Tommy Reese to get it done and Tommy Reese. Has got to coach it up, you know. You get you're gonna get the best cut from the butcher in the world mm -hmm. with the salt bay and everything, right? But you got to make it right, and I think it'll be easier to call things with a more dynamic quarterback because he's been, you know, losing blood vessels, cussing out guys with not enough talent. So I think this will be a great. Uh, elevation for Tommy 
to be more creative and and really get to see an offense that has potential to do a lot of things with the right guy back there. So there's guys that I don't think there's a Heisman guy necessarily uh, in the transfer portal, um, but I do think there's guys that we can make better that can help this team get to the championship game. Yeah. This should be interesting, dude. But like I said, it's one of the most important decisions probably early on in Marcus Freeman's team. And it's definitely the, one of the most important decisions for Tommy Reese. Like, he's kind of saved himself. Kenny Minchie went a long way to saving Tommy Reese. Right. The fact that that came back around, fell in his lap the way it did, that was a blessing. And already it fell in his lap. It really did. And to have both of those guys set up in 23 and 24, yo, you have to feel good with his recruiting. Now he has to show that he can develop. That starts with Angeli, Buckner, this bowl game, and going on. We'll hear from Marcus Freeman coming up shortly. Of course, Dylan Edwards decommits literally the next day, day and a half. He commits to Deion Sanders in Colorado. Um, a lot of people have asked me, was it shocking? Uh, from the standpoint of the impact of NIL and Colorado prime, nah. The fact that he's a Kansas kid, I think he's like, if I'm not mistaken, like three hours away from the Colorado campus and his family could see him play there, and you throw in NIL, nah, it didn't shock me at all, right? He wasn't slotted to be like a running back. We said this last week. He wasn't slotted to be a running back. He was more slotted to be worked in as a special guy, gadget guy, slot receiver, using his speed. So you don't really lose anything from the wide receiver group. Yeah, he wasn't a gadget guy, but we got Brandon Hillman, so I'm not really, you know, that, worried. Yeah, he was a great, great pickup. You mentioned that. You mentioned that pickup kind of softened the blow. The Brandon Davis Swain, which is funny, right? Because so here's the backstory to the Brandon Davis Swain decommitment. Um, I talked to Brandon Davis Swain and his dad the Friday before the Clemson game. I knew he was coming to visit. And then I talked to both of them after they left. And so I put a story together, and it's all it's up over the Irish breakdown. But the crazy thing is somehow, some way the story didn't come out until like two weeks later or something. So the information in there kind of lost his luster because right after he went to the Clemson game, he visited Ohio State the next week, right? And that was pretty consistent with what he was doing. Like he going to Michigan games, he going to Michigan State games, he went to Ohio State games, he had gone to some NFL games. Like every weekend, him and his family with his dad, they were going to games. That's what they do. They're a football family. So, you know, in talking to his dad, his dad was, man, 
irate with the way that his son was being covered. Now, mind you, I had not written anything since he committed, really, back at the Blue and Gold game, which was a shock, right? Because he's a 24 kid. Nobody's expecting him to commit. He comes to the Blue and Gold game, and he commits and says that the reason he commit he's committing is because of his relationship with Al Washington. His dad said he had no clue he was committing, but that's what he wanted to do. He let him do it. It's the same thing. And out of this is it's corny to me. People understand. Mm. It's it's corny to me. And we <laughs> talked about this. I told you how I would handle my son's recruitment on Friday. Yeah. Like, dude, like why you're not committing to a school. Wait until December. If if you truly want to gather information, gather all the NIL information. Then wait. Because at some point, as a parent, this is me, as a parent, my son is going to know the value of his word. Like your word has to hold some weight. And when you tell a coach that you're coming, we're done. I'm not taking any more calls, right? So really the early commitment to me is like a setup for failure. Yeah, if you're gonna keep see when you start doing what these kids are doing, man, committing and then going other places. Yeah, you you kind of you kind of kind of alerting everybody to what you're really all about or what you're really looking for, right? So once again, if nil is important, then wait. There's no shame in that. Yeah, I get that. Wait, I get right? That. There's been a time where Notre Dame has been viewed as a stepping stone program where kids would use the Notre Dame offer and verbal commit to garner the attention of bigger schools and then bounce. Happened all the time in the early 2000s, 2010s. Without being trying to be fair to both sides here, dude, there's a way to do things. And if you want something after you have committed, it's a way to go about asking for it. That's it. I hope these I hope these recruits are watching because this is like the third or fourth time that Notre Dame because people can sit up here and say deep commitment. Notre Dame basically said we think you need to go ahead and do your thing. <laughs> basically, I'm gonna keep it a buck. Yeah, I reached out and I flat out I knew I was doing a show today. I reached out. To Brandon Davis Swain and his dad this weekend multiple times say, Hey, I want your side of this. Yeah, before I get to dropping bombs on here. Give me your side of this before things get misunderstood. Exactly. <laughs> Crickets. Crickets. 
Marcus Freeman and his staff, you call it what you want to. You don't, you, they need to wake up. They need to change. One thing they're not doing, dude, if you commit to us, you can come back and talk to us about us. But don't come talking to us about what somebody else is willing to do for you. We, we're not doing that. Yeah. You can talk to us about us. Man, what, what do you think you guys can do for me? What's going on with the NIL? Man, we can have that conversation. I'll be frank with you. That conversation is still ongoing, probably with a few guys that are committed. But it's still saying, yo, what's it going to be like as a freshman? This, that, and the other. Right. When they're making their final decision leading up to National Signing Day. There's no shame in that. No shame. No, but when you start going and gathering information from this school, that school, and that school, and then you bringing that back, like, what can you do? You're not shaking us down like that. No. And Marcus Freeman's like, okay, you need to do – if that's what you want, you need to go ahead and do your own thing. Like, dude, they're not scared to lose a recruit, bro. Yeah. They're not, they're not scared to lose a recruit because they're not about to come off of their standards. They feel like the guys that they want at Notre Dame. Yeah, because we can get – a lot of people. There's a lot of people that want to come. Right? And I will say this. Brandon Davis Twain's father was really upset because he thought people were being unfair to his son going and taking visits. And he said, look, which I agree with him to this extent. He said, man, my son is going to get the full experience of recruiting. Yeah, just don't commit early. and That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's the whole thing, Left. Have both, you know, because they're going to talk their stuff now. Exactly. If you didn't commit early, they wouldn't be talking stuff. They'll treat you like a recruit. Look, I have absolutely no problem with a man or, I mean, parents with their son or daughter giving the full experience to that child when it comes to recruiting. Go to as many schools as you want unofficially and take all five of your official visits. I'm, I'm for it. Gather as much NIL packages, promises, whatever you can get. Just don't commit. What are you committing for? For what? Like, for what? It's like, man, it's a new day. There's too much access, right? It, in my opinion, the recruits have not caught up to the changes. Because they're still acting like they're still giving these early commitments as if it was 10 years ago in the recruiting landscape. Everything has changed. Right. You don't have to do that anymore. You don't have to do that anymore. Right. And then you say you went to a school because of a coach. But now all of a sudden you're bringing offers back. It's either you went to the school because of the coach. And that's enough or be honest about what's at the core of what you really want. That's and that's right. not to say, that's not to say things can't change. Not to say things can't change. Yeah, absolutely. Like his ranking goes up. He becomes a five star, still a four star on certain platforms. Might see more value. That's fine. But once again, it's not about the information. It's about how you present the information. That's right. So if you present it to me like, man, how can I benefit at Notre Dame? 
because you've gotten information saying that you can benefit from these other schools and these programs. Fine. Present it that way. But when you come back like, oh, man, and this is not one time. I'm talking about multiple times coming back. Man, what's up with this? Man, what's up with that? Two weeks later, man, what's up? You know what? At that point, you're an overstage. You're welcome. Yeah, young man. It's no, not really even. Much. You're you're the class of 2024, dude. We're not even on your class yet. We're going through this with you already. Yeah. Nah. You can. You can have that, it man. You can have that, it. You know, and that the is transfer portal open and everything going on. Yeah. They really playing themselves now. You better get on them teams before it's too late. Man, you saw your boy out there taking uh, pictures with Chip Kelly this weekend. So, which actually, I mean, you know, that's just a, he just trying to find something, man. He loves staying on the West. Dude. So, look, and one of the things his, uh, his dad did say that I totally agree with the vitriol that comes from fans on a weekly basis because kids choose to go visit schools, it, it is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It is. For grown adults to have their hearts pulled on because a kid takes a visit and feel like that they have to say something demeaning or disrespectful because of that, like, I don't care if they are committed. It's their life, man. It's their process. I mean, it's like professional sports. You know, these people and people that invest into, you know, the school and all of that got a lot of pride in it. No different than a sports team. So I think it just plays into it just being a shame is at a younger age. But they making millions and millions of dollars. It's a billion-dollar industry you know, because of the fans. So yeah. I think that's just a part of it, man. I mean, you know, if they were playing tennis, it wouldn't be a problem. You know, they was playing badminton or, you know, some of these other sports, even soccer. These fans wouldn't, you know, if a Notre Dame recruit soccer player took a visit happens, somewhere. It happens in soccer all the time where teams just sell off guys. Yeah, I mean, they just be another like, contract oh, another team in Europe, you know. I think it would be cool though if uh, college, I mean, college football gets to a point where we can trade, you know, just run it like a semi-professional league. Yeah, uh, have them trade players, trade quarterbacks. It'd be a because you know you don't want to water down the game too much. Yeah, with guys being stuck in the portal that are good. But can't find a home because it's get lost in the shuffle, man. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And it's kind of like jumping into the PPP and unemployment line, mm. uh, trying to get those benefits, and then you know everybody's trying to get those benefits, and it's it's, it's short it's short term. It's yeah. a short term fix. Yeah, I, I've said this before. I think all the changes in NIL and recruiting have impacted the parents more than they've impacted the actual kids. Let me keep it a buck. The parents have become more of a problem 
than the kids, right? Because the kids, as you see, like a Brandon Davis Swain, he committed on campus at the Blue and Gold game from a vibe and a relationship. That's what college football used to be about. He fell in love at the club. He fell in love with Notre Dame and his coach. That's what college football used to be about. Now, the exterior I thing. Business decision. Yes. Respect. Now, I have to give you a nice graphic letter on Twitter that I typed up about how I'm going to leave <laughs> and respect my decision. So, you know, who's to say if his father had the mindset, hey, you committed, we're done. You gave your word. Fine, right? And you can commend Marcus Freeman for trying to keep that loyalty in college football uh, from a, you know, as a person that has values and and keeping your word. I think Marcus Freeman is doing a good job of just keeping that intact, even though on the flip side, the coach's aspect is still not the equivalent. Uh, how they do business. Uh, at least Dion went in there and told the team uh, when he was leaving, but, you know, it's still uh, – it's a different dynamic on, on that level as well. Man, and I'm not mad. Get the bag. Get the bag. Because in the old system, I would have took I would have taken the bag under the table. <laughs> so I'm not mad at people getting the bag left. I'm not. I promise you. I'm not mad at getting the bag, but it's a way to do it, man, right? You don't have to go about the way things used to be done when the landscape has changed. So you wouldn't shop your son around in a sense? You know, NIL come in Michigan, said, I'll throw you 100, you know, North Carolina, 150. No. If my son said he was committed, I don't care what that type of bag you bring my way. It's like, nah. No, I'm saying before he committed, though. Yeah, you, you listen to everything. That's part of making a decision. That's part of making a decision. So that's, why tell kids, that's why I'm telling these kids to wait, man. Just okay. wait. Just wait. 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 You understand the landscape. Your parents, they understand the landscape. Wait. If he really didn't want his son to commit and he wanted his son to go through the full process, he should have told his son, son, I understand how you feel right now. But we need to talk about this on the drive home. And if you still want to commit, you can call back when we get home and commit over the phone. Yeah. That's it. Like, there's no need to go through all this. But you know why? It drives ratings. It builds college football. And honestly, it, it gives us something to talk about every day. Having guys commit early. There's still six commits in the 24 class. Right? And Aeneas Williams makes a decision. And it's a chance that he's going to join the 24 class coming up here at the end of this week. It drives business, man. It's all business. So it's not like it's going to change. But at some point, 
like I said, gather your information and you're ready to commit, commit. But once you commit, unless the things like coaches leading, right? It's a reason Dante Moore is going to UCLA. His offensive coordinator went and became a head coach somewhere else. Okay, now I understand you thinking about leaving Oregon's class. Right. But other than that, man, I just, it, at some point, I just come to question where we're headed in this, this landscape, bro. I, I just, I don't know. It's just dangerous, man. It's dangerous. Because there, where's the loyalty? Because you got freshmen jumping in the portal that went to schools because of NIL deals. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's can't build your recruiting class off of that. I think that's what it shows. You know, <laughs> you know what it is. It's more people in the portal than scholarships available. Left. So what are we really teaching? Lucky left the podcast. CFB Nation, all of our great content, State of Recruiting, IB Nation Sports Talk. Go grab it right now. Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Leave five stars. Leave your comments. We greatly appreciate it. In conjunction with Irish Breakdown, go look, lock in for the downloads, automatic downloads. We appreciate you guys, man. The numbers we're doing is absolutely amazing. We thank you for your continued support. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know we Spin it different. Let's talk about Marcus Freeman. And left, he met with the media and he talked about a plethora of topics. And honestly, conversation about the transfer portal came up the conversation about drew Pine came up and i thought he showed himself pretty well and pretty much established what was going to go on but the competition the youngsters the youth movement that we talked about last week was front and center and how do you separate development and balance that with winning the bowl game marcus freeman talked about it left is as you get closer to this game is to win the game. You know, I think right now being 20, 20 days away, you still have time to truly just go into game planning, right? And the focus all being game planning right now. That's the, the great part about playing in a bowl game is you're going to get 10 to 15 extra practices. And for us, um, you're not going to spend 15 practices on just one opponent. You know, it's no different than fall camp. You're spending a part, a part of fall camp developing your roster. And that's what we're doing now. And part of that is giving those guys that have played a tremendous amount of reps this season time for their body to recover. Um, you know, keeping them, you know, still, you know, integrated in what we're doing, but also being smart in terms of how many reps are getting in practice. And so this is crucial development time for those young guys and uh that's why we're focusing on them right now um and we're slowly integrating into south carolina and as you continue to get closer and closer to the game it'll be all south carolina and uh and that's the focal point would be to win the game left you went through this along with your guys as you got ready to play lsu in the music city bowl balancing winning seniors like cam mcdaniel going out the right way 
and wanting to win the game, but yet it's still getting the youngsters that were going to be the future of the program in the game and developing a culture that will ultimately lead to 15, uh, the 15 season that was really one of the better teams Brian Kelly ever had. Yeah, absolutely. You definitely want to be able to just take some time for the older guys, like Marcus Freeman said, to kind of rest up and be able to learn on on a mental level of how to prepare the right way, having enough practices, then getting your body right, and, and taking some some lighter reps. But, you know, this is all about the young guys like we talked about earlier and why that's so important is because they're the future and because you need to know who's going to pop in a game like this where you don't have a Michael Mayer, you don't have a Fowski, you don't have a Drew Pine, uh, key players that were uh, main parts of your offense and defense. You need to be able to fill those roles with younger guys anyway. And this is a chance to see who you can start off with going in the spring and have expectations for and even – have a an exit meeting uh, con, uh, content to have because, uh, you know, you usually don't get to see them in action all season. But uh, this is a great integration process, like Marcus Freeman saying, uh, development, developing the team uh, with these extra practices, getting into game planning with extra practices for South Carolina. And this is why it's important. Uh, you know, I went through it during after the USC game, we was playing LSU. Uh, going through that process of getting a lot more reps, preparing for the game, being more involved, and those extra practices helped my confidence uh, getting ready for that LSU game, which spurred on going into the season. But it was because of those younger practices uh, that we had where the older guys were kind of sitting back, so it gave me an opportunity to lead some of the younger guys coming in, which which would be big for the season after and so it played a, a huge part in doing it the right way. And, uh, you know, it, it worked out for us in a, in a bowl game like that. But in a bowl game like this, I think it's great that these quarterbacks get these extra practices, especially Tyler Buckner, uh not playing all season, getting ready for one game for his audition tape going into the next season. And that's going to be very important, right? The development of not only Tyler Buckner, but Steve Angeli. Because you have to ask, do they have a quarterback that's good enough to win a bowl game against South Carolina? I mean, that's a fair question. That really is a fair question. But Marcus Freeman talked about his quarterbacks and how things have been going in practice. And um, define what exactly the quarterback situation will be. Um, both guys have gotten reps with the ones. With between Steve and Tyler, both have, have had reps with the ones. Um, you know, Tyler's practiced uh, the majority of all the practices. And so uh, we'll, we'll really sit down probably next week and just say, hey, what's the plan as we really start focusing on South Carolina? But right now, we just I want all those guys getting reps and rolling and, and continued. You know, Tyler hasn't played football for a long time. And so um, just getting him in there with uh, a bunch of different groups of, uh, of receivers and O-linemen and, and um, let him get acclimated. But he's looked good. He's done a good job in practice. Steve has done uh, a pretty good job, too. Based upon the two starts by Buckner and then what you've seen of him since he was able to get back on the field, what are your points of emphasis with Buckner? Where does he need to get better based upon, again, the little bit of game action you've seen in him? Yeah, I mean, we all have to get better at um, decision-making. We all have to get better at taking care of the football, putting the football in places that um, are precise in terms of where they need to be. Um, But you look at it, it's not a – 
you know, where we are now as a team versus where we were those first two games, I think, has, has evolved. Um, you know, what we asked Tyler to do that first game in terms of, you know, how much we asked him to run. And it was a part of the, a plan versus a, a defense like Ohio State, um, you know, that, hey, we, we want to run the quarterback a little bit more than usual. You know, that's probably not what we would have wanted to do all season long. Um, but, you know, continue to develop, continue to – he hasn't – again, he hasn't played football um, in a while. And so for him to get back out there, um, run around, throw the ball, um, it's been good to see. Um, but, you know, I think our offense is at a different point uh, than where we were at those two games. We have an identity and the ability to run the ball and the ability to create, um, we, we, as we say, easy completions. And, and that won't change with whoever's at quarterback. You know, we have to, that's our identity. The ability, we have to be able to run the ball and we have to be able to take advantage of, of the things that defenses are giving us in the passing game. And those will be the things we ask Tyler to do. Left. Your thoughts on what he said with both guys getting run with the ones. Sounds like we don't have a guy yet, that's for sure. Um, I think Angeli, I don't know too much about him. I think he's a big guy. And then Tyler not being uh, up to speed quite yet. I mean, I don't care what they say. He's not going to be what he was ready for at Ohio State um, just because of the attrition it was through the season and getting back from injury and recovering from that mm-hmm. and then get back to yourself and then being ready to play it, you need you need some time and I don't know how much uh Tyler's been a part of that but I mean he's used to recovering a lot so it's gonna be interesting um I do think Steve Angeli against a South Carolina defense like this is is gonna be a tough challenge. Um, but if they both get in the game, it's going to be one hell of a, a opportunity for Tommy to show where play calling and supporting these quarterbacks to get through this game and even winning is going to yeah. be a challenge in and of itself with no Michael Mayer, which is going to be crazy. <laughs> it is exactly that point that you just touched on that he got an opportunity to talk about, like the challenge of you know, moving forward without only – not only Michael Mayer, but a guy that is the all-time sack leader, and Isaiah Foster. It's for multiple guys, right? And then you have two guys that decided to declare for the NFL draft, and, and um, what they've done for our program has been tremendous. But it also gives other guys a great opportunity and in, in an increased role. You know, and as I've told our coaches and, and some of our players, you're not re- – you're not replacing Michael Mayer's production and holding and not holding, but uh, um, Isaiah Foskey's production with one person. They're, those guys are, I mean, going to be future NFL draft picks. They're, they're, I mean, some of the best that have done it here at Notre Dame. Um, but you replace that their re- production through a, a, a different ways, through multiple people, through um, schematic changes that you make, um, but. Yeah, it's going to increase the expectations of holding stays and of uh, Mitchell Evans and that group of tight ends and, uh, you know, Jordan Botello and Junior Tuahalamaka and, and those guys that are playing Viper. And, and um, it's definitely going to increase their roles, but they don't have to be Michael Mayer. They don't have to be Isaiah Foskey. They have to understand it. In order for us to replace that production, they're going to have to do their job um, extremely well. Left, I'm looking forward to when he mentioned this individual. I'm looking forward to seeing Jordan Botello get more more tape. 
Yeah, a lot of it is just them getting opportunities. Yeah. Mark Mayer took up a lot of opportunities from other guys on offense because of how the offense was put together and schemed and called uh, in those certain plays. So now guys get more of a chance. And you'll see the guys that are, are cream of the crop is going to be able to show out. And some of the usual suspects were Jaden Thomas and Deion Coley and Lorenzo getting his his guy, Tyler Bugner, back. I'm expecting that to be a nice core with those tight ends. So it should – um, would enough practice time be able to be good enough with Tyler still being the top prospect out of high school, put together something on the field that's productive and not look like a sloppy mess like you haven't played all season. So um, I'm sure he'll shake some of that rust off, but it's it's going to be interesting how you play and Steve Angeli and what his connection with those guys are as well. He hasn't played since the spring. So it's really going to be interesting to see how locked in he's been during the year and, and how he sees himself fitting in that couple window uh, that he has in, in in his playing time at Notre Dame because we're getting guys. Yeah. You know, we're excited about Kenny Mitchell, excited about CJ Carr. But, mm. you know, Steve Angeli is going to be year, what, three next year? Yeah. So he'll be year two, yeah, two yeah. next year. Yeah, year two. So, you know, it's a good chance for him to be the leader of the pack or at least competitive with what they're bringing in and Tyler Buckner and, and what's coming up. You know what's interesting, Left? They get a transfer quarterback in. Kenny Minchie comes in in January. You know, if you're an elite program, you expect Kenny Minchie to be ready to go by the middle of the season. Yeah. If you're an elite program. If you're an elite program, yeah. 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 You expect because you're your not, you quarterback. Not, yeah, you you expecting Kenny to be ready to play. Like right. all like all elite programs are doing. Ohio State, you know, guy got two years, it's time for the next guy. Be ready. Right. And they've been putting right. success like that, not next year, but you know, they've been doing it, but I don't know about in the future. Yeah. Your recruitment's a little different. So if you get a transfer in that's going to be the starter, and let's say Tyler stays and Steve stays, Kenny Minchie should start out this spring as the number four quarterback. Going into the season, he should probably move up to number three. And damn near number two. If we were serious. And halfway through the season, he should be challenging for the number two slot. Because CJ like gotta come in, CJ gotta come in right on time. That's mm -hmm. the development path that you should have for your four-star, five-star quarterback in an elite program. That's how you set it on the right track. We've been on all type of tracks. That's how you put on the right track. Right. Speed like up them two guys that you got. They gotta, they gotta, somebody gotta leave or somebody gotta figure it out. Yeah. Like, literally, <laughs> we don't want you to play, but if we need you to play, you can play. Clemson didn't want Cade Klubnik to play this year. But, heck, by the end of the season, he looked pretty good in the ACC championship game. Good. He was ready to go, and that's the same path I expect for an early enrollee like Kenny mentioned. Absolutely. So the hot button topic this weekend was decommitments, transfer portal, what's going to happen, Marcus Freeman. Of course he was asked about it. 
How are you guys going about dealing with the portal, Coach? We're always monitoring the portal. Um, you know, it's the the a new part of, of college football. You know, and, and I don't know the exact numbers, but obviously starting Monday, the numbers continue to increase on, on people entering the portal. Um, we've had guys on our team enter the portal. And so um, that's going to be a part of roster enhancement, right, is the ability to look into the portal and, and really investigate, not just say, okay, um, this guy's coming from this school, that, you know, let's go after him. It's really trying to make those calls and, and research you know, you do a lot of research on these high school kids. You you recruit them, you evaluate them, you talk to people for a lengthy period of time. And, you know, these guys get into the portal. It's it's very it's a quick turnaround in terms of are they the right fit for this program or not? And so um, a lot of time has been spent on just looking. Is there a person in the roster that's going to in the portal that's going to enhance our roster in the right way? Um, you know, we can't just take anybody. You know, we have to get um, the right fit for our program and for our roster. Um, and so that takes time to really um, investigate. And then you got to recruit them. Then that that's to identify if that's the guy. Then you got to recruit them and, and try to get them to to believe that this is the best place for them. So um, it's not a quick process, um, but the reality is you. Decisions have to be made pretty quickly. You know, and and with early signing day coming up here in uh, less than two weeks. So jumping in is a quick process. Everything fills up quick, but then it becomes methodical because guys have to filter in information. They have to plan visits, make the visit, then make the decision. It's almost like a mini recruitment in a short time frame. So your thoughts about that and how that actually helps Notre Dame in this process, that it is a methodical process with the quarterbacks going into the bowl game. It's great that it's a methodical process because that's how we keep having great rosters with guys that are committed to the program. We've been able to survive the the epidemic or the pandemic of transfers uh, catching on these teams and to keep it at a low number, just like we did with the regular pandemic, I think uh, shows how we're very diligent and about how we recruit maybe too diligent in how we recruit the quarterbacks, <laughs> but we've been able to recruit the other positions well enough to keep a, a team that can stay consistent uh, longer than a team like Georgia, longer than a team like Clemson, about the same as a team like Alabama that have a successful 10-plus win season, not last year, but uh, usually on that track, I think it shows the, the state of the program that we're able to maintain with a guy like Marcus Freeman? I think one of the things that he pointed out is the fit, right? You hear that word fit, 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 and transfer portal in Notre Dame. Just, it's different. It always has been different. I don't think anything's going to change. We said it last week like this. There is no BBL plastic surgery for the transfer situation at Notre Dame. Like nothing is about to just change overnight. Will there be some concessions? Uh, is there an ongoing ongoing conversation between Marcus Freeman and the administration? Marcus Freeman was very clear. There's absolutely conversation going on with the administration. Very clear transparency between myself, 
our admissions, our coaches. Um, yeah, it's difficult, and but we understand that it's this university um, is difficult for anybody to get in, you know, and, and that's what makes it so unique. And we can't dilute that. We can't um, take that for granted as a football program. The things we sell um, in terms of not just playing national championship caliber, caliber football, but being a part of a, a university that offers you so much. We have to embrace that and understand not every recruit or not every football player is going to be the right fit for this university. This is what we chose. This is what I chose. This is what these coaches chose. Um, and so we can't pick and choose when we want to embrace that. We want to embrace it when we sell Notre Dame, right? You can play top-notch caliber football, the best, be developed. But you're also getting education that is top notch you know we can't want to sell that to high school kids and then all of a sudden transfer portal comes who cares about that education you know we just want the best football player we can't do that we can't pick and choose we have to embrace what makes this place special and the opportunity to play at notre dame special and um listen we understand it, it takes certain individuals um academically to be able to transfer in here and but if they're good students and uh you know they're their credits transfer over, then uh, it's the right fit for us and for them. We'll be able to get them in. You know, that's the key, right? Like, you have to be a good student, man. Like, Notre Dame's not about to take the cat that's transferring out from Texas A&M that didn't go to class. I don't care how good he is. It's not happening. There's no way you can spend that. Marcus Freeman can't, they can't go and state the case to admissions for that kid. They can't. They can't. Now, if you had a kid that is, you know, good high school, great high school student, B level, maybe C plus level in college, credits kind of link up, you can make an argument. Okay. He's a good student. We can talk about him. I think he ended up saying later on, Notre Dame does all of the cases for guys entering into Notre Dame through via the portal on an individual basis. There is no, here's the standard. And if you don't meet the standard, then we just kick you to the left. It's not a swipe left, swipe right thing. Everyone is looked upon individual. That was good to hear because at least that gives the coaching staff a chance to state the case before or to make a really good case before they even take it to admissions. Like, you know what? Let's get the information. Let's see if this somebody, this is someone we even want to argue for or state a case for and waste energy. If we already know, nah, it's a no off the bat. So, I mean, it's a difficult situation, but left, you've been through it. It is what it is. Yeah, I had to go through the admissions process and meet with all the people in the in the rooms with the suits on and, you know, explain why I deserve to go here and, you know, do the whole take oath thing and all, <laughs> all that plays into it. So it's definitely not a uh, you just pass, go and collect $200. No. You definitely got to pass stage one. You got to stage two and then meet the final boss when you talk to, you know, the big, the big time people in the dome. So it's definitely, uh, 
a nervous in process, you know, different than any other process in college football, especially as a recruit. Uh, you're not beating with that many people at other programs uh, <laughs> in, in terms of uh, getting into the school, especially if they like you uh, for sports. I don't even think we talked about football in the whole process outside of, you know, accepting the scholarship. I had to talk everything outside of football on why I deserve to be in there. So yeah. that's a whole nother layer of um, that they don't really talk about too much. But Marcus Freeman is right. As much as he wants to pull any and every guy from the transfer portal, there's levels to this thing when coming to Notre Dame. So if, if they if they can pass that gauntlet, then they probably right to be at Notre Dame anyway. But, um, you know, that's still a, a process that has to be taken. And there are a lot more grad transfers that are going into the portal after the bowl game a little bit later. So decisions along the defensive line, uh, possibly a linebacker and some other positions, maybe Rover will be forthcoming. Of course, we understand the quarterback situation and position is at the forefront. Congratulations. We have two first team All-Americans AP. That's right. Congratulations to Joe Alt making a second team, and congratulations to Michael Mayer, even though he couldn't win the Mackey. Congratulations to making first team All American. Make it make sense, love. Make it make sense. Maybe because he didn't play in the bowl games. I don't know. Yeah, let's go get through these questions and comments so we can get out of here. Man, loads of content. We didn't really, I don't even know if we got to everything on the sheet. Sean Green, thank you for tapping in. Was the BDSD commit a surprise or were there rumblings that it was going to happen? His commitment was a surprise when it happened, so it probably it's not surprising he backed off. Um, I, I don't think the way things played out, I think it was expected. And once again, I, the decommitment, parting of ways. I really don't think <laughs> – there's only one decommitment that I would flat out say was a decommitment, and I'll get at the Dylan Edwards. Everything else was a mutual conversation. More of a, a shock, more of a hell. Yeah. All yeah. these other ones was like, mm. like literally, Marcus had just been in his home like the day before, so. No, I don't think it was a shock. I think everyone in the in the building understood what was happening, and they were happy to kind of get away from the foolishness that was going on. We need a quarterback with a strong personality who can be a leader, someone who owns any room they walk in. Going back to the question we asked at the beginning of the show, you know, out of the four quarterbacks that were there for the Heisman Award presentation, uh, which type do you think Notre Dame needs? Thank you for that, my brother, Coach Dick. Jason Hewlett with the super chat. It seems to me Prime is way too cocky. I do believe he would be humbled this year. Buying recruits won't last. Luck for OC. I mean, is it cool for uh, Lincoln Riley? Like, I don't understand why, dude. Like, literally, college football was littered with coaches that built their rosters on. Like, why is everybody mad that Prime is doing the same thing? Look at Tennessee did it. Yeah. So TCU Josh did it. Is Josh High TCU did it. It's, all type of recruits. Yeah, I, dude, and to say that Prime is cocky, so? 
He's been cocky since he was 16. A player. <laughs> I do. He is who he is. At least he owns who he is. Get money. Man, I had a question I'll save for tomorrow about coaches and how they sell their programs left. We'll sell it for we'll, we'll save it for tomorrow. Sean Rogers, how far could Indy go with a Spencer Sanders at quarterback? That's you left. We definitely can get eleven and one, get into the obviously being the playoffs, but then it comes down to can we beat Georgia? Yeah. Or can we beat Alabama? So I think uh I think we'll get a chance. I think we'll get a chance to get closer to getting over the hump. And the way we've been able to revive some of these quarterbacks we've been bringing in and having to start, uh, so one with talent, I can only imagine them getting close to New York and being a draftable player by the end of the year. Yeah. Mike Nolan, thank you for the super chat. Should early signing day move to August? Conflicts now with transfer portal timing better if August and then February for guys who blow up senior year. I mean, it's all about. Um, I think business. they just 24-7 these days. So. Yeah. I Look, honestly, you know what would change? If schools were able to You know how you, I forget when you get drafted in Major League Baseball and you draft a high school kid, right? You have, I forget the time frame, but you have a time frame to sign him. And if you don't sign him, he gets to go play college bas- baseball and then come back in three years. Mm. I wish when a kid commits, you had a time to ink him. Like he verbally commits, okay, you got 90 days to sign him to a national letter of intent. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And then in that time, he can go take other visits, gather more information, do what he needs to do. But if he verbally commits, you got 90 days. Yeah. I'm not talking about a silent commit, but if you posting commitments on social media, okay, this school has 90 days. Assign you to a national letter of intent. I think that'd be pretty good. I think it'd solve a lot of the runaround, uh, especially guys bringing deals back. Like, you know, I think this would be a, it might be good for college football to do that. All right. Look, here's your time to go get your NIL deals. Like, stop dragging this out. Go get your information. You and your people do your job. If you want to decide to sign, sign. If not, Decommit and open it back up. That's right. Jason Hewlett, free going to get so many ballers, it's not going to matter who leaves. Stock the shells with talent. Free. Luck for OC. Definitely not giving up that bag. <laughs> Don't know why, Sean, though. If we're able to flip a kid, what does they say about that kid and his word? My stance doesn't change because it's Notre Dame. I don't care who it is. Yeah. I don't care what school you committed to. If you commit, that's your word. If you want to keep taking visits, don't commit. It just gets back to why you need to wait. 
That's it. Not too long, Dante Moore. <laughs> well, that dude chose to do it silently. You know, Apollo 27, thank you, my brother. Good parent always thinks long game for your child. If you're thinking short game, then the parent, then you, the parent, are thinking for you. Example, Dante Moore hopefully doesn't become a whatever happens story. Go Irish. I don't think he will. He's too talented. Now, even if he ends up with Chip Kelly at UCLA, that's not a bad. Yeah, get you, get with a good coach, man. Yeah, get with a good yeah. coach. Man. Yeah. Um, that's not a bad thing at all to be connected to Chip Kelly as a quarterback. I mean, if that's your landing spot, it's better than Michigan State. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> it's better than landing at Michigan State where it seemed like that was going to be one of his only options uh, a few weeks ago. So great show left. Tomorrow we'll say the topic, selling the program. Who are the best sellers mm. of their football programs amongst coaches in college football? Because there's a lot That'd of different good. ways to sell your program. That's going to be a good conversation. And where does Marcus Freeman fall in that pantheon or on that list in selling Notre Dame? We'll talk about that tomorrow and we'll hear from the coordinators tommy reeves and al golden you already know what time it is left it's time to get petty oh we did a good job executing are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's Petty Historic? Petty Junction. Petty Junction, Petty Story of the Day brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com, that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. Lots of room on the Petty Train today. I'm going to start with Zion Williamson. I got to put you on the Petty Train because it was Petty doing the 360 windmill at the end of the game, but I loved it. I absolutely yeah. loved it. And I, I was here to do it again and again and again. And they got Alvarado out there getting yeah. the like What's it's time out man? all this kumbaya NBA. Let's yeah. get some robberies. Let's get some bad blood, some venom. Yeah. I'm with it. I'm, I'm with, with it. it. I'm all with that it. that friendly it, NBA stuff like is bad for ratings. Absolutely. And if it took someone like Zion to do it, I'm all here for it. Then he took your jersey off, gave the currency for the culture. <laughs> Facts. Then Chris Paul, man, you always sneaking somebody. Always finding a way to sneak an elbow. Hit somebody in the family jewels. Just dirty, man. You're just a dirty dude. That's why I didn't mind Ye dropping your name. I didn't mind Kanye dropping your name, bro. Because this persona yeah, you have. True, yeah. Yeah, dude. Uh, gotta put you on the petty train, my dude. Gotta put you on the petty train. <sighs> bro. The NFL yesterday was horrible. Uh, you said it was horrible? This might have been the worst week of NFL football that I ever wasted my time watching, bro. Mm-hmm. It was some bad football. The Chiefs game was good. 
Hey, Pat was was average that game. He was pretty average, but I mean, you know, <laughs> it was Man, it was just I don't, it just felt like one of those quirky days, man. When I saw the Lions putting in work on the Vikings, I said, yeah. Putting in work. I said, this is one of those days. The Lions look good. Yeah, this is this is definitely one of those. See, that's days. the day we all should have won in Chicago. Uh, they the Bears would have a bye week. <laughs> During the quirky week when bad teams win football games. Even Jacksonville got a blowout win yesterday. Hey, but so. listen, Jacksonville's not bad no more. No, sir. You see it. Ah, here we go. Everything left touches. He thinks is good. Hey, Trevor Lawrence for president. You Trevor see Lawrence it. got his boy up there in Cincinnati. Like Joe Beasy said, I, I got to go back to that Subo and beat Patrick again. Just to put icing on the cake, beat him again. Josh Allen, Josh Allen, we're not even worried about. You're not even worried about. You you really dislike Josh Allen, bro. Josh Allen is a fraud. <laughs> not good. Wait a minute. He's not good. No, he's good. He's definitely good. But he's not what y'all make him seem. You see what I'm saying? If y'all didn't make him seem so overly good, like he's Pat Mahomes equivalent. Yeah. Then I wouldn't have to bring y'all down to reality. He's a good quarterback. He's yeah. not great, not yeah. yet. Yeah. Um, Jackson State University putting you on the petty train. <laughs> Administration. Look here, man. Talk to my sources, and the more information I hear about what really went on at Jackson State over the last couple of months. Y'all better leave Dion alone before he crush y'all. <laughs> You're lucky he's taking the high road right now. Yeah. Facts. You're lazy and you're dirty. I'm going to leave it at that. Y'all need to just keep it cool and just keep it pushing. They are. They trying to. Yeah, because if, if he decides not to be GC, you're going to have some problems. That's right. You have some problems, but I don't think Prime's going to do that. But if he did for some reason, nah, it, it it wouldn't be good. It wouldn't be good. So yeah, I have to put them on the petty train. And last but not least, Skip Bayless, bro. I don't know if you saw. I was trying to watch it after this. The confrontation he had with Shannon this morning. I tell people all the time: if you stay around long enough, the truth is going to leak out. All that you, my brother from another mother, all that stuff. After today, if I was Shannon Sharp, nah, we can't work together, bro. <laughs> it's principles. If y'all want to be mad at Chris Rock for not doing something, if Shannon stays there and takes that bag after what was said today, now he just said that uh, he's not as good as Tom Brady, right? Talking about no. that, or did he say something he, else? He basically said his accomplices, his accomplishments were nothing. That's basically what he said. Mm -hmm. Man, good for ratings. <laughs> you might be right, man. Hey, see you guys tomorrow for another great episode of the Lucky Lefty Podcast. Later hey, on, yep. Then later in the week, we have another players-only show coming up for you guys. 
with former Notre Dame players. We'll get the information to you. LaVon Whitaker joins us tomorrow, and we'll talk coaches and selling their programs right here on the Lucky Lefty Podcast. Have a great Monday, but most of all, make sure that you spin it different. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.